Well, well, well. Hello. Hi. Greetings. Greetings to you. How Thank are you, you so doing? much for being here with me this morning, for recording with me, for being my sister. You are so welcome. It's really nice that you say that because I had a conversation with mom that I didn't want to have. All right. Can I read it to you? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's, let's hear about it. You know, mom and I talk regularly. Mom sends me a photo of herself, of, of the TV, of a TV screen. And she's sending how funny she thinks the show is. I'm like, oh, is that Parks and Rec? And then I'm like, where are you? That doesn't look like home. She goes, Santa Barbara. And follow-up text, the city you were conceived in. Oh, and my And then there's gosh. about 14 pink hearts. Oh, my <sighs> gosh. I said, oh, my, with the throw-up emoji. And then she's confused now. She's not sure if it actually was me. She says, maybe that was McCall. I need to ask dad. So now I'm envisioning them having a conversation about where they conceived all of their children, getting their facts straight. Yeah, it's a good question, um, actually. I don't, I, I don't bother to, to respond to that because I'm just like, I actually don't want any, don't want any more information. And then she follows up, though, because she knows I want the answer. She goes, ask dad, dot, dot, dot. It was you, pink heart. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and she goes, sorry, but at least I didn't name you Barbara like dad suggested. I think Barbara is a beautiful so, name. I think I should actually start calling you Barbara um, as a nod to the city Call in which you were conceived. I mean, I don't think there's a more chic, classy place on earth than Santa Barbara. That's what Barbara. I was going to say. So I would happily take that name on. It so easily could have been Victorville. It so easily could have been Barstow. I mean, I mean and I only say that. I, think, not, I don't want to bully or belittle our listeners in Victor, Victorville or Barstow. Okay. Just want to get weight out of those waters. But mom. Okay. Sounds like you are about to. <laughs> Sounds like you are about to. But mom, when we were growing up, she kind of always would refer to those areas as, you know, not that great. Um, and so it was more of an inside joke everyone between me and Chandler. It was not actually <laughs> <laughs> talking shit on Victor. It's actually just something privately rude we would say to each other. <laughs> It's a, um, yeah, a private room those comment. areas are not necessarily sought after and super desirous to be destinations for conceiving children. Though I do believe, I'm sure a ton of children are conceived at the rest stop in Barstow that you stop at on your way to Vegas, and I'm happy for those people. But Lauren, yes, you know, I think you were probably conceived what December, November, December, if my math serves me right, 1989, Laguna Niguel. Um, not as chic as Santa Barbara. You know what? That was mom and dad were still on the come up when I was uh when I was conceived conceived in oh where, where did we live before that Garden Grove mm. Gar I was conceived I, in a a humble abode in Garden Grove Chandler I don't think there was I don't think there was money for Santa sweet. Barbara vacations at I think that that's point. sweet there's a big yeah they weren't they wealth weren't divide our... between me and Chandler wow. in terms of how we were raised huge <laughs> I mean there was there was one <laughs> now the turntables have turned. But uh, okay. Well, anyways, Lauren, just in case you wanted to revisit where I was conceived, I thought I might share that with you. Officially, no people care about what we're talking about. So we should probably yeah, move on. We've, we've lost every single person. This podcast is over. Uh, whoever listened to this can podcast. Can we talk about... It's the last episode. Can we talk about Chandler? This is big. We need to get to this immediately. Taylor Swift what? and Travis Kelsey stepped out arm in arm hand in hand, okay, as a united front, as a couple on their way to mm -hmm. SNL, the, the taping of SNL. Right. Taylor and Travis had little cameos I mean, in SNL, which was hilarious. Not their, their cameos yeah. were like so yeah. brief. They're basically nothing. Um, but the right. show itself was hilarious. And anyway, who cares about that though? Let's talk about these paparazzi photos because I don't know about you, but they left me breathless this morning. They look so good together. I loved her fit, loved the trench. I actually wanted to buy that trench after I saw it. Uh, it does appear to be sold out everywhere. She looked incredible. I loved that like top, her, her whole look. You didn't love the shoes, but I was very into their look, their look together, him helping her out of the car. I could have watched that six second clip on the loop forever. I feel like, okay, first of all, she's wearing five inch platform heels and he still towers above her. Okay. And yeah, I just feel like there is a little bit of a moment where we're all realizing how puny and lame everyone else she ever dated was as we watch these paparazzi, paparazzi totally. photos. Yeah, like, yeah. 
they it's look true. it's true so good together and here's another thing i was thinking about chandler yep he is truly i would say just like such a leading man in the way that she's such a leading lady right like she's not some british actor who's never been in any movie you've ever seen right okay he is a master of his craft you know in his own stratosphere. Yes. He is like, what does dad say? He's like the best tight end in the NFL league. Yeah. I, I think I, I think that's his position. And I think that's the proper terminology. But he's like, he's top of his game as she she is top of her game. Those are also, also dad's You know, in, the, in our group chat about Taylor Swift, we had a long conversation about who yeah. could potentially be on her level, right? And, right, and you know, right. I brought up Russian oligarchs. I brought up all sorts of world leaders, all sorts of powerful <laughs> figures thinking, yeah. you know, these people need to right. have an adjacent net worth. And they also need to somehow mm-hmm. have some sort of sovereignty over large swaths no, of people. No, 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 no. But I think that actually Travis Kelsey really is as equal as it's going to get I'm, with Taylor Swift. I'm going to draw a crude comparison, Lauren. Okay. In the way that Jeff Bezos is, you know, say what you want to say about him. He is one of the richest people in mm-hmm. the world. In the way that he is at the top of his game in terms of, you know, monopolizing the industry. Mm-hmm. I feel and Lauren Schwan and Lauren Swan Sanchez <laughs> is at the top of her game in terms of looking hot. Yes. At you know, an older age and mere selfies. Yes. I feel like there's there's a Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, Jeff Bezos, Lauren Swan Sanchez, you know, it's a similar thing where it's like you can you know, we've we've got the, you know, the the billionaires and then we have their respective partners who are at the top of their their craft. I'm, um, this was like a comparison? really crude, really crude comparison. No offense, but a really bad one too. You just said that you can. You just compared Travis Kelsey's two-time Super Bowl win, okay, his actual achievements to Lauren Sanchez being the pioneer of duck lips and still looking hot at, in her fifties. Yes. That's it. Like th- those are her achievements. Yes, and having married well, and those are she's at the top of her game. Wow. Well, let's move on, Chandler, while we still have a few listeners, shall we? No problem. Takeaway there, everyone, I just want everyone to know is that we very much ship this couple, correct? Correct. We we are, you know, definitely kind of a little bit of Taylor fatigue, but we are we are totally shipping her and Travis. And I don't think it's just a flame. Okay. But here's the, here's the other thing I want to say is now she has found a guy who superstar in his own right, who is yeah. cl- clearly so proud of her. Right, okay? right. Yeah. And she's really entering into like this relationship that feels so right. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, yeah. I almost feel like this could be the one. I don't know. I, I don't like, know. Everyone if keeps I'm... saying, like, oh, no, this is not going to go the distance, but uh, something feels very different I about think, this to me. I think we need to see what the next year will bring of her touring. You know, I just, I think it's a little too soon to call it. I want him to be the one. I really like them, but I, we need to see what the next year will bring. I'm just, I also think there's an added layer. See, I'm 33 Chandler. Okay. And this is something that I'm going to, I'm going to share with you. Taylor Swift is only one year older than me, but Mm -hmm. being 33, 34, it's a very different experience than how old are you? 28. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I didn't sign up for this lecture. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I guess I'm getting it anyway. The clock is ticking. Like, if you want to have kids, if you want to have a uh, family, you cannot leave for, that shit till like 38. For a, for a billionaire like Taylor Swift, I I don't actually think that her clock is really ticking. And you I know, it's think just, that if you, I just think this is rich because I actually, when I saw her and after Las Vegas, I said she's going to be done after this tour. She's going to settle down with Joe. And you were like, no way. She's not going to settle down. She's at the top of her game. You were correct that she was not about to settle down, but like, what makes you think she's going to settle down now versus, you know, in March of this year? No, no, no. You mischaracterized that entire conversation. So let me please um, enlighten please. our listeners as to please. what was actually said. Please. Issue a redaction. No, no, no. I'm going to be revising your revisionist history because everyone, <laughs> what Chandler said in that conversation, what some people said in this spirited debate, they said, this was it for her. She is going on top. She's this is going to be the most incredible, you know, thing she's ever done. And then she's going to sail into the sunset with Joe. This is while they were still together. They're going to sail off into the sunset and she's going to be a mom. I said, "You guys are out of your minds if you think that she is going to go from being 
at the top of her game, height of her career, you know, legions, country, a fandom the size Wrap it up. greater Wrap it up. than many countries on this planet, okay, to being like, all right, well, now I'm Faith Hill, a full-time mommy. It's 2023. That's not going to happen. I didn't think her career was ever going to pause. I thought that if she was going to become a mom, it wasn't going to be at the expense of her career. Like, I don't know if you know this, Chandler, but actually women can also still work <laughs> once they have children. No, I don't. It's, it, you can't. You can't have it all. You can't have it all. <laughs> You can't have it all. Don't I, be greedy. If she wants to have a family, I think that this is – I think he wants to have a family. Do you think I he's – I think they are headed to the – I think they are going to do it. Whatever. I appreciate that clarification. I think, though, if he's the one, I could see them getting married sooner rather than later. This maybe doesn't need to be a, I'm four, a three-, four-year courtship. It's like they say on The, the Golden Bachelor. Like, at our age, we don't waste time anymore. Like <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, she it is in the golden years kind of her of life. True. The sun is setting on her life. No, the sun is not setting on her life. And you can have kids at any point, of course. But like, I'm just hitting this, right? Personally, I'm like, I'm 33. Like, I need to, if I want to have, I think, children on an on a timeline that's like somewhat, you know, traditional, I can't sure. just like, the, well, you know, I, I got to let the horse out of the barn at some point. That is a crude comparison. <laughs> If I've ever heard one, no, I actually think it has less to do with biology or social norms because I think when you're a celebrity, all like you just have access to, you know, way more resources to kind of like make those things not as much of a thing. I think it actually could have more to do with the fact that she's dated someone for a very long time who was not right for her. Mm. And it's kind of like when you get out of a relationship where you were making it work and you're like, I don't actually want this anymore, that when you meet the right person, mm-hmm. you're like, I know. I know, you know, and I, so I think it could be a lot more, well, no, that's actually not what you were saying, <laughs> but at all, I actually didn't say that, but I agree. You didn't completely. say that you, that's literally not, that's what I said, but I, I, I could see this being a, a faster courtship because she knows what she wants and she doesn't want to have another Joe Allen, you know, wait around for six years and see if you literally, you know, want to come to my concert. Honestly. I just saw those paparazzi photos and I got the chills. I just thought something. I get the looks chills every so time. Right here. Okay. Yeah. He's so hunky. He is so hunky and they look so good together. But anyway, we need yeah. to move on. So let's, let's move on. There are some listeners who are asking for advice on certain scenarios that I don't feel like we are really qualified to give advice on, but we're going to do it anyway. Sure as hell going to do it anyway. We are definitely going to do it. We have a lot of questions to get through. And so Chandler, can you please try to keep your answers a little bit more brief, not be so long-winded? <laughs> I literally like, I literally thought about what I'm going to eat for the next five days in the middle of your Taylor Swift like soliloquy. So <laughs> just please, Chandler, try to control yourself. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. You know, a lot of it ends up on the cutting room floor anyway. No, I'm just kidding. I'm trying to talk to myself, everyone. Lauren knows that's true. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, Mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my Mm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder. Yeah, I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the Simply Vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip, you got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water, and that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it is just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansimpleeats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansimpleeats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about Framebridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned, 
cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. So this person asks, if you are doing Ozempic, should you tell people upfront when complimented or should you you know, offer up some type of white lie? So this is my response. I think, obviously, if you want to share that information, a thousand percent, go ahead, do it, you know, go off. But I don't think you owe anybody an explanation unless you want to give them that explanation. I think it's kind of like plastic surgery where it's not really anyone's business. I mean, it's your private health, you know, medical information. Uh, That being said, though, in the same way that it is like plastic surgery, you shouldn't lie about it, right? I totally Lauren? disagree. Um, you think I th- you should lie? I think your sentiments are – I think you come from the right place um, in your heart when you answer these questions. So I don't want to – I'm not trying to um, say anything otherwise. But I just don't think you owe anyone your medical information. Oh, so well, someone, I'm, not, I'm not saying you – so you think you could lie? Like if some, but this person is saying, okay, you look noticeably, you know, more fit. Yeah. And someone yeah. says, oh, you look amazing. You, you look like you've lost weight or you look like you've, you know, really toned up, Sally. And this person is asking, do I just say thank you or do I disclose the medication I'm on um, that has helped me achieve this result, right? I And I'm not saying that they should disclose it. I said if they want to, they can't. But what, what would be the scenario where they're lying because the person flat out says, oh, I, th- I think it's like, oh, oh yeah, like I've just been like working out a ton. Or they say like, or if the person asks them, that's what I'm saying. I think, I think that's where it's like plastic. It's like what I'm comparing it to is like when Kim or Kylie say like, oh, I've never done anything to my face. Because Kylie hasn't said that, but like Kim, that's what I'm, that's the lie. That's the line of lying that I think is like, is bad. I think though, if someone says, hey, you look really great. Well, you know, whatever you look like, you've lost weight. You could say, thanks. I think you could also say, thanks. I've been working on it. And you could say, thanks, I've actually been trying to, you know, be really strict with what I eat or whatever. I think you could, you can own up to as little or as much of it as you want. I completely agree. Um, I think I can answer this one. Uh, this person said, do you ever feel sad with the reality that you'll never live in the same town as your sister? And my answer to that is no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow, Chandler. I'm shocked you wouldn't want to be in the same town as someone who vehemently disagrees with you about everything. I totally disagrees with Um, me. I totally disagree. You know, I feel like we see each other so much. Here's the thing. I feel like when we did live in the same town, it was so great that when one of us moved home, or when I moved home and you and Courtney were still in Provo, it was really, really sad. But I think this, yeah. the cold reality is that we've gotten used to the geographical distance. You've actually reveled in it, relished it, thrived. thrived. So so I think we've kind of gotten used to it. But I do think that if we got to live in the same place, it would be so much better and it would be so fun. So unlike your I cold think, answer, I am sad about it. Let me say my real answer, my my answer not soaked in annoyance is that of course this makes me sad. I want, I would love to live very close to all my family, to all my sisters and our brother. Obviously that's not a reality. And I think that when, when two of us are together, there's a ton of FOMO, literally you even finding out that like a lot of us are going to be spending Thanksgiving together, you know, caused you to, you know, spin out. For sure. And so, yeah, I think that it's, that would be really hard. I will say though, this is when you just totally like, double down on sister trips mm-hmm. and phone calls and you just like I mean I don't feel any less close to you because we haven't lived in the same city for however long honestly and I will say I do feel like we will eventually probably in 10 years all live in the same place like I could really see that yeah. happening I could see it happening too so yeah I completely agree with you though like we do so many sister trips that I think that really makes up for the lack of living in the same place. And so we don't feel this like major disconnection at all. You know, and I'll also say to this person, maybe sometimes this is better because it can be dramatic when you're all in the same place. Am I wrong, Lauren? No, I think it was honestly so great when we all lived in the same place. And it it, was very rarely dramatic. Yes, it was great. Okay, that's not true. But I appreciate (laughs) your rose-colored glasses. But yeah, I just, this to this person, my heart goes out to you because, you know, 
Sisterhood is everything. Speaking of, we have another question. And this person says, mom of daughters, how can I make sure they're close friends like you and your sisters? So I have a new take on this. Okay. Mm. Because your take, let's say your take before, which was. My take before was kids are just going to be who they are and they're going to be friends or not. Like it's just going to probably be like random depending on their personalities and how well they jive and you can't manufacture that. And I think there's part of that is totally true. I will say though, like growing up, you and I really only got close when you were in high school. I think before that we were very standard, had a very standing standard. Mortal enemies. Yeah. Sibling relationship, AKA complete enemies. And I was not particularly close with Courtney until she was in high school. Here's what I really think though. I think I almost have no memories of Courtney. Oh wow! Blake. Before I, I moved to Utah. Okay, not really, not true. I was you can cut. I that. was talking. I was talking with Wyatt though, um, Courtney's husband, and what he said, and I think this mm-hmm. makes so much sense, is he thinks the Bledsoe sister, very intense bond, really was created yeah. in the fire of living together in Provo. Like living at the same time yes. in Provo together. And those three or four years yes. just really forged such a connection. James being born. Like that was mm-hmm. – and he posits that if we had gone to different colleges, it would be totally different than it is now. Wow. I've I've truly never I thought know. about that. And I think that honestly tracks because it was very formative for all of us to – yeah, be at our d- different stages in life. You know, I was my freshman year in college. You were a little bit further along in college. Courtney, you know, recently married and about to have her first kid. Like, if there was something very special about, yeah, all of us, like, I don't know, just like relying on each other during I mean, that on time. some level, it's honestly like, it's about the stage of life for sure. But it's also just, it's like if you go to, it's like your college best friends, you know? Like, you'll always have such a connection mm-hmm. with those people, yeah. even if you move away. Right. It's just being best friends with people and living in the same town as them as, you know, adults that really can forge such a connection. And so, and maybe this is weird, but like encourage your kids to go to the same school if they're close enough in age or just try Mm -hmm. to facilitate as much bonding time as adults as possible. Mm -hmm. Okay. Lauren, how fast is too fast to be moving on after a breakup? I separated from my husband in January and had a six-month relationship with a woman that ended at the end of August, but now have met someone new who I really like. Should I avoid jumping into a relationship again, though? I'll give my take, actually, even though I pose this as a question for you, because I have some things to say. First thing I'll say is everyone processes getting out of a relationship differently, you know, getting out of a series of relationships differently. It's really, like, it can be unique to every person. In my experience, I always found that moving on to somebody else was helpful in my process of moving on. So I don't think that there's like anything wrong. And I don't think you necessarily like have to be alone for a really long amount of time after getting out of a relationship. I do think it's valuable to spend time as alone as a single person, but I don't think you have to do that always like consecutively after being in a relationship. Also what my personal opinion, I agree Chandler. I completely agree with you. I also think though that finding your right person is hard enough, right? Yeah. Dating itself is hard enough to also have these like firm time constrictions or constraints. I think that that just sets up arbitrary rules that ultimately really don't matter. Exactly. If you met someone and it's off the heels of two relationships, and you are really into them, do what you feel compelled to do. Right. If you feel like, no, I need to be single right now. I need to explore what I want to do. I need to really take some time to reflect and process, do that. But there's no reason to turn down what could be an incredible relationship because of timing. Right. So, you know, maybe do 15 minutes of introspection and think to yourself, am I trying to put off some type of like internal processing? Am I running away from something? You know, dig a little deep, see if any of those, you know, strike a nerve. But I think, I don't think there's a, it's wrong to be moving on to a new person, you know, consecutively after getting, after breaking up or getting a divorce. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Also, I think also if you have a lot of time after a relationship, it might, maybe can like 
too much time processing that relationship, it might lead you to like overinflate the importance of it or, in your mind. I mean, yeah, like this person was divorced. So I yeah, understand like, you it's know, a pretty big one. needing more time. But I, I do also, I, I hear what you're saying. And I think a, I take away the sentiment that like, also don't become jaded, you know, don't, don't make yourself mm-hmm. be single and become jaded. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So next question is I need parenting do's slash don'ts as a mom of a 20 year old daughter. What do you wish your mom didn't do? What do you wish your mom did do? So if your daughter's 20, they're probably at college, like are out of the house, I would assume. And so I, it's interesting kind of like, how do you advance your mother-daughter relationship in this phase? Mm-hmm. My instinct here is I think it's very wonderful that you are being so thoughtful and, you know, trying to figure out how to like be a great mom in this like phase of your daughter's life. Continue being a great mom, I'm sure. Uh, I think the one thing that I always appreciated about our mom is that our mom doesn't really pry uh, about our dating life. In fact, I always felt Mm. like our mom was like kind of unbothered by it until like she was not like, are you dating anybody? So do you have any dates? You know, like, I mean, she wanted us to be dating, but she was never like, she never felt, I think, offended if we weren't telling her things right do you agree lauren right it was almost like i had to be like hey i'm dating somebody isn't that exciting completely mama's also like didn't want the details yes she's pretty chill about about all that stuff i don't know i think that made me feel like more of an adult and like i wanted to tell her things actually because i didn't feel like she was prying or she was you know like and that made me things with her so i don't know that's that's my that's one thing that comes to mind I feel like something that's just coming to mind for me is when I was 20, I had a lot of really bad tattoo ideas, okay? Really bad tattoo ideas. Can you share some? Really embarrassing. Can you share some with the pod? I thought that Angelina Jolie was so hot, right? And I remember I wanted to get like a word in Arabic on my – on my forearm. Do you remember this? I Literally told you about a this. white girl like from Orange County getting a word in Arabic <laughs> on her arm. Like, thank <laughs> our lucky stars. You did not. I mean, this podcast will get canceled someday, but like, we would have been canceled before we even, you know, got got an upload. I wanted to get the. I think I told the story on like one of the very first episodes of this podcast, but I'm going to retell it. I wanted to get the an initial of each one of my ex boyfriends. Oh my on gosh! A part of my body. What? I had. So many bad tattoo it's, ideas, okay? It's like the more soulful you are as a teen, the more bad tattoo ideas you have. And I had an overdose of teen angst, like so much more teen angst that really carried into my early 20s, embarrassingly. And so I think one of the things I really appreciate that mom did was instill a really healthy level of fear in me of getting a tattoo. Because yeah. not because I think tattoos are bad, but because I had particularly bad tattoo ideas. No, honest as well. I, I, this is coming from someone who does like, I think tattoos are great. Ben has a tattoo, but, um, like I think that mom was had every right to pump the brakes with you and to scare you shitless. I mean, I never told her any of these ideas, but it was just the way we were raised about them. Okay. Here's, here's honestly one thing that uh, in my early twenties, I think would have been I would have really appreciated. Okay. Um, and I think that's being guided to the next phase of my life that didn't involve like getting married, right? Yeah. Like I think I really lacked direction career-wise yeah. in my early 20s and I really should have gone to school and like done an internship, you know, like yeah, tried right, to complete school right. in a reasonable amount of time, tried to graduate by the time I was 22, 23, get a job. Like I feel like I was incredibly stunted in my growth at that point. And so I think like, I think if there's one thing that you can do to help your daughter, if you have a 20-year-old daughter, it's help them figure out professionally how they can achieve their goals yeah. and set out a path. Because if they can get ahead of it, if they can really like get a good job and start you know, yeah. building their savings and their 401k and all of that, like it does, I think, allow you to enter your 30s in a much more empowered way way. And like, I thank God got it together really quickly in my late twenties. And I'm so, so thrilled with how my life is, but it was perilously, I was cutting it perilously close in terms of, um, yeah, where I was at in my late twenties professionally. And 
anyway, so that's one thing that I think is like, just like teaching your daughter to be independent and to, right. you know, be business minded yeah. and, yep. you know, not think about her, her future in terms of like finding a romantic partner who will take care of her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Great. Chandler did everything correctly. And so she's like, yep, that's true. I, I mean, yeah, I, I was just, I was not a girl boss. I, I don't know. I don't feel like I was like a girl boss when I went to college, but I just, I, I know I you just, just like, so happened to it like, just, it, I think kind of have things fall into place. I accepted into a rigorous, I mean, I went to BYU and didn't go to Harvard, but I got accepted into a rigorous program that, that fast tracked my girl bossing. That was like, you're going to yeah. graduate in a year. You're going to graduate with a job and you're going to go move to that city and start that job. And I think that was, right. that was not something I was not, I was not applying that pressure to myself. My program was, and thank God it did. I just think that like there's a coming of age experience of getting a job in a city mm-hmm. in your early to mid 20s that's really special yes. when you can go work a job that's like has a lot of upward potential, upward mobility, yeah. but at the time is kind of shitty, but you you don't care. You're 23. You, you'll live with a roommate. I mean, like who cares? And like that's so special yeah. to get that experience, you know? Also, there's so much pride I mean, I literally, I had to borrow, I think, $250 from Courtney or mom or you in between, like, when I started my job and when I got my first paycheck to, like, pay for groceries and gas, you know, because it was going to be two weeks before I got my first paycheck. And I remember just feeling still so much pride because I I was like, I paid for my, I you know, my own bills. Mm-hmm. And I was doing it all on my own. I wasn't you know, it also like compared to the money I was making in college, it felt so big. And yeah, my job was mm-hmm. hard and shitty, but there, it was just so formative and I'm making in college, it felt so big. And yeah, my job was mm-hmm. hard and shitty, but there, it was just so formative. And I had so much pride in my life, even though I was crazy broke. I think it, here's the thing. It's like, it's like a job that maybe when you're 30 or later is not, it's going to feel like a shitty yes. job. Right. In right. terms of like, you're at the bottom of the totem pole. Yes. You're the person who has to get there early and leave late and just yeah. like, you have no balance and all of that. It's like really good to put in those hard yards, the younger you are and the more just kind right. of like, well, I don't know. What else yeah. are you going to do? What else are you like yeah, around what else for? Are you gonna do? So literally I think like, it, yeah. and you know, also it makes you, it made me like not goof around. I feel like as, as much. And like, and I took, I don't know. I just, I be, I think I became a more like serious adult because I had to figure out my life and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And there's, so. there's just, there's a, there's real value there. So I think that's yeah. like the biggest thing you can do for someone because everything else is yeah. kind of like out of your control. Like I, whoever you marry, what's going to happen, right. like all of that. It's really, you just kind of, like however much you can help your daughter become independent, I think is the best. best I also, some girl boss t- terminology on the idea of like encouraging them to move to a city or move somewhere, you know, when college is over, move out of your college town, mm-hmm. move somewhere, yes. start a new life. You know, that sounds like dramatic, but start your life, start a new life somewhere in a new city. It doesn't have to be somewhere, you know, it doesn't have to be like LA or New York. There are plenty of other amazing places, but just like, the experience of building your life post-college is really important. And I think it it just is like there's immense learning that happens there. And figuring out how to just make it is amazing. Super valuable. It's also about the people you're surrounding yourself with and who is in your dating pool. Like you got to right, encourage right. – like with my kids, they are going to need to go out into the world And they're going to, you know, God willing, if I have kids someday that can do this, are going to like need to forge their own identities and lives and need to establish relationships and all that. And I think the more that you can help kids be independent and empowered, the better. Sorry, I'm circling circling the drain on this question. But it's like, it's also just like who you're, you know, who's in your dating pool? Is it people in your hometown, you know, in your late 20s? Or is it people in... You know, and like, like you're just going to have so many more opportunities the quicker you get to a city. Last thing, and that I promise we'll move on, like the easiest time to pick up your shit and move somewhere and start a new life is when you're in your 20s. It is when it is the simplest and when you're the most okay living with roommates, being broke, like just do it. Mm -hmm. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. 
Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about, about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com. POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so let's, let's see here. Okay, so my question is about a wedding. Funnily enough, I actually just subscribed to the Patreon to listen to the episode on Chandler's engagement. I was dying to know what happened. And not 24 hours after listening to that episode, my boyfriend proposed to me in Europe. So I'm very excited, but I do have a question. The dilemma is, is that we both want very wildly different weddings. I would like a destination wedding and he would like a local wedding. So here are reasons for, you know, our own opinions. I'd like a very Sophia Ritchie, um, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry kind of, you know, luxurious wedding. And I would like to do that in, you know, a nice destination somewhere. I feel like if you have a local wedding, it's a lot of money and pressure on one day. Um, so I kind of want to spread out the moments for a destination wedding. And my fiance, uh, <laughs> sounds so weird saying that word, um, we'd really like a local wedding just because he's like stressed about figuring everything out um, from afar for a destination wedding. And he's also concerned about, he says, yes, it's like cheaper to do a destination wedding, but it's shifting the money to the guests because they all have to pay to come. And he's concerned that, you know, people are going to have to take off um, time from work um, when they don't have that much vacation. They're going to have to pay high cost to come to our wedding. Um, and he thinks it's asking a lot of people. And I do agree, it is asking a lot of people, but I do want a small wedding anyway. And I just feel like this is, you know, more the vibe, a destination. So, Please tell me what you think. I am dying to know what your suggestions are um, because I really want to achieve that, you know, fun, classy, beautiful wedding um, over like a few days kind of vibe. So let me know what you think. Here is my advice to this as someone who has just recently had a destination wedding. Your wedding is not about making other people happy. It's genuinely not. It's not about other people's PTO days. It's not about what's convenient for other people. Joe Schmo, Uncle Joe, or your your cousin or your friend, whoever it is who this is a major stretch for, needs to be adult enough to say, love you so much, I can't swing it. And there needs to be zero guilt or zero issue with people declining. But I think that Ultimately, like, think about it this way. Would you rather you get the wedding, like, of your dreams, this thing that's so important, that's so important to you and you'll always look back on? Would you rather have that experience, the experience you're dreaming of, or would you rather have it be more convenient for Uncle Joe? You know, like, is Uncle Joe having to take a few less PTO days? He's never going to remember that, you know? Like, that, these things aren't actually meaningful to – um, the people that you're making it more convenient for. You're really just like making this more convenient for people 
who probably, to be honest, are the least excited to go. Like my hot take on destination weddings is that the people that love you and are so excited to celebrate and to be more excited by a destination, more excited by a multi-day experience, more excited by that. So that's my hot take. Chandler, what do you think? I I agree holistically. What I want to just say is, and this is what I didn't know exactly from this question. I didn't. I don't know this context. Is it an issue where your closest friends and your family are all really going to struggle with a destination wedding? I guess you do you have know, need to consider think, who you're asking for sure. I think that is so, you know, just being totally honest, Ben and I are, you know, in a similar situation where we're planning a hopeful, hopefully a destination wedding. We realize that that is a total ask of people and that that requires sacrifice. Uh, you know, it's something we've been thinking about is, you know, the people closest to us, like with enough notice, are is this actually feasible for them? And for the most part, we feel like that's true. But you need to like, you know, figure that out in your own case. Is that true for your family, your closest friends, people who you really feel like should be there? You know, I agree. And it's like, is it is it the norm in your milieu? Is it the norm amongst all the people that like, do you, do you go to destination weddings? Is that something that happens like in your friend group? It sounds like it probably is. Yeah. And your fiance, right. by the way, congratulations. Oh, yes. Your fiance is a little bit just more reserved. So yeah, I agree with you, Chandler. Like, you know, if if you know that, you know, most of your friends really can't afford it, then yeah, like it's probably not the and, right move. Like, yeah, I would never have had a destination wedding when I was 23. Everyone I knew would have been too broke. Yeah. Like it just wasn't going to happen. Right, right. It's very different when you're in your early 30s, you know, and and I so I think you're absolutely correct there. But I really stand behind like your wedding is not about making is not about other people's ultimate I, convenience. Oh, I completely agree. And I and I think uh, exactly what you said. The people who are most excited to celebrate you are going to be more excited about a destination wedding because it is just a thousand times more exciting. You know, or it's just like it's a, it's a new adventure. It's it's more of an adventure especially when it's multi-day. Um and to echo your other point, like at the end of the day, that actually your day and it is one of the very few times in life where i think you can i'll use the word selfish even though i don't like that's not necessarily the best characterization because i don't think it's selfish but i think you can be selfish about making the day exactly what you want it to be yes making the day exactly what you want it to be and and saying you know it's a lot of money that you're probably going to be spending so I think it's okay if you want it to be a multi-day experience. I really cannot imagine having having spent all the money we did on a wedding and it being one night. It's so much pressure on a single day. It's like, it's like eight hours essentially, and then it's over. So I completely understand that perspective. Right. And I think there's something about, you know, literally I'm in the middle of going through this process. So I empathize with you. And I think to your point about wanting it to be multi-day, like, if someone's going to make the trip out there, you know, there maybe want more than just one night. You know, I, for me, literally, personally, I don't know that like I'm going to make my wedding a three day event because maybe financially that just might be too much. But I do think like making it more than just like, you know, ceremony reception, well, I, I think, think she does make the travel she wants more it worth to be it. multi-day. Right. No, I know. Totally. But I'm saying that makes the people who are traveling more worth it for them when it's multi-day. Yeah. When it's more than just one day. You know. And I just think that like I get there's so much complaining about destination weddings on Instagram and obviously I had one so it makes sense that I'm like defensive about it. But I really think that people just need to be adults and not commit to things that they don't want to do. I asked Ben. Okay, I got Ben's opinion on this. And he just said, I think planning it far in advance so that people can plan their PTO days. They can plan their travel. Also to your fiance's concern about, you know, having something so far away and not being able to control the details or kind of the stress of that. I think that you could also, you know, you that's why you hire a wedding planner local to that place mm-hmm. or a wedding planner who's familiar with that destination so that somebody who actually knows about all the details can handle it. Because I, I totally understand that. Um, and then I, I think also, and this is something we're exp- like interested in doing, is finding some type of middle ground between a destination wedding and then nothing happening locally, where maybe you do find a way to celebrate with the people who are more local, who maybe can't make the trip out to, you know, the destination. And Maybe there's some type of celebration or dinner before or after the wedding where those people can take part in like in the moment. But to be honest, though, like I feel like 
on some level. Don't you feel like that's like it just makes you have to have like a watered down wedding locally and then no no I don't I, I'm literally think it could be like a celebration dinner when you come back from your wedding it could be like as low-key as an engagement party type level of thing where it's like come celebrate us like we just got back you know I, I don't know what that exactly looks like but I think there's a way you know to have the people I don't when they say locally I think maybe they mean their hometown but like there's a way to maybe have those people celebrate you and t- take part in that moment that can be much more low-key it's not a ring ceremony it, you don't have to put it back on your wedding dress blah, blah, blah. I think it's just a way to like have other people celebrate. No, I agree. And I I see what you're saying. And I think some sort of homecoming celebration could be really special um, and could be really fun and a way to include those people. And also to allay your fiance's concern, really, a local planner is like, it's really no problem to do. I was not concerned whatsoever about planning a wedding that was destination because I had a local planner who had worked with all the vendors done weddings at that venue before. Mm-hmm. I just had zero yep. concern about that aspect of it. So yeah, yeah I would honestly, yep. I would really push for the wedding you want. And the people who want to make it will, and the people who can't swing it won't. And that's just kind of how the cookie will crumble. Right. Okay. Yep. yep. Hi, Lauren and Chan. You guys are my absolute favorite podcast and Patreon that I am a member of. I am getting married in a month and I have just my sister and sister-in-law as my bridesmaids. So they'll be getting ready with me along with my mom and my mother-in-law and my fiance's grandmother. And then a few of my friends will be there. But my mother-in-law typically runs about 30 minutes to an hour late for every single thing. And she's already complaining about getting to our house on time to start getting ready at eight when the makeup and hair people come. And I wanted her to go first because I want my sister and mom to go last so they look the best and the freshest. (laughs) Um, So I need advice on how to deal with her being late because I know it's unavoidable and it's already stressing me out and I feel like I'm going to be rude to her when she walks in the door. So any advice on how to handle it day of and handle it before would be appreciated. Love you guys. Okay, so I have another very intense, intense reaction to this question. I clearly am comfortable being a little bit of a bitch. And so that for me was kind of how I rolled as a bride when necessary. There's so much pressure riding on the day. (laughs) It's not your responsibility to be cool as a cucumber or to make other people um, who are playing a big part in it to make that – to basically take on the anxiety of their bad behavior – And so for my wedding particularly, I made it very clear that no bad behavior would be tolerated and that the the stakes were extremely high. Um, And I really had this kind of intent, these intense conversations with people who I was a little nervous about well before the wedding, like six or eight months before, because, you know, you kind of on some level after that conversation, you have to let the dust settle a little bit, but you need to say like, you know, this is a really high stakes thing. Mm -hmm. Like if it gets ruined because you have an emotional outburst or something happens that makes it, you turn this entire thing to be about you, it's going to be devastating. And I'm not, I'm not sure I'm ever going to be able to get past it. And I want to be very clear that like, if you can't a hundred percent guarantee that everything will be completely fine, that maybe you you don't need to come. Honestly, if that, if you can't give me that guarantee. So I'm not wait, saying she wait, should wait, say wait, this wait. to her mother-in-law. Sorry, really quick. This is about her. <laughs> okay, I really think you need to roll it back a little bit because I think this is literally about her mother-in-law <laughs> being like tardy. Let me just say my answer. <laughs> I pre- Lauren's like, you should cut this person out of your life. They're not allowed within 10 miles of your wedding. You know what? And because it's your day. Okay, you should threaten I'm like, do we get a different question? All to say, I was a total bitch before my wedding. And I think my entire point is have the critical conversation. Say to your mother-in-law, you know, in in as sweet of a way as you can, just say like, hey, I get that, you know, sometimes, or you don't have to say this, but I would just say it is critically important that you are on time, right on time for your hair and makeup. Critically important. And I really already have anxiety yep. about yep. that potential, about you not being on time and the day going off schedule from the very beginning. And just say the last thing mm-hmm. I want on my wedding day is to start off the day upset 
over this and I can already feel the anxiety. So can you please promise me yeah. that you will leave your house at 7.30, that you will get there 30 minutes before you need to be there and just yeah. beg this person and to behave correctly? Yeah, I think that's great. I also think have the direct conversation. Mm-hmm. I think you could also enlist your fiance and say, hey, could you please like discuss this really stress the fact that you know that we're on a tight schedule this is not something where like like literally it is the wedding day and everything is timed out by the by the minute i have another opinion by design to me but one thing i will say is truly wedding hair is set to last for like the entire day makeup can be touched up in two minutes just ask the your monster to do Mm -hmm. you a solid and take that early slot and tell your mother-in-law that her time is an hour ahead of when it actually is. And just kind of prepare that she's going to be late, have someone else go first, and just let this go. Because like yeah, – Yeah, yeah. Also, like, to be honest, my – I feel like I had one of the earlier makeup times. And I think it, it, it all ended up being – it ended up being totally great and fine. Yeah, like none of, none of my wedding party – Or I hair. Pictures, I had hair, yeah. And I'm like, oh, these people yeah. look discernibly fresher. Like Courtney gets glam done um, sometimes at yep. her house. Yep. And for an event – she'll get glam done at 11 a.m. for an event that starts at 7. So like right. I, I will say professional hair and makeup really is meant to last the entire day. I honestly yeah. take it all back. I don't need, think you need to threaten to cut cut them out of your <laughs> cut them out. Snip snip. If you cut, cut them time, out, you don't even need to come. Um, I don't think you should have that conversation with your mother in law. I'm gonna walk all of that back. I think you should plan like she's gonna be late. Let it roll off and just have your sister, you know, take one for the team. First. Yeah, really, there's not gonna be any discernible lack of freshness. Also, I, I'm assuming okay. that your sister is much younger than your mother-in-law. So she's going to, you know, she's ri- riding on the bloom of youth as it is. She already has that going for her. It's so, true. So um, she's going to look great. I hope this enter- episode was entertaining at all. Me too. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you for everyone who submitted your questions. Sorry, we didn't get to all of them, but thank you to everyone who submitted. Yes. And if you love the pod, please share it with a friend, you know, share it on your stories. Just please help us grow. It would really mean a lot. Truly. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week live every Wednesday. Bye.